This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. It's time to take a look at the energy stocks again. They remain cheap and are extremely out of favor with investors. I'm sure many of you who own them realize that nobody cares once again about energy. It had the two-year run in 2021 and 2022 that has mostly ended. And it's kind of just a lot of the stocks have come down a bit here in 2023 and then are just kind of treading water. But I wanted to take a look at the producers again on this podcast because we've looked at them over the last couple of years. And so it's good to compare and kind of see what's happening out there with the producer stocks. They've been hit the hardest as crude and natural gas have slumped, uh, heading at the end of 2022, really, into 2023. But crude remains over $65 a barrel, at least on WTI and actually also on Brent. It's kind of tried to get down there to 65 a couple times, but that looks to be the technical holding level for now. And we have OPEC Plus doing some production cuts that is keeping a floor under it. We do have the United States uh, buying a little bit for the SPR to refill it after selling for the last year. They have started refilling. They made an initial announcement of only 3 million barrels purchased. That was a couple months ago. I think that was the end of 2022 when the price of WTI came down under 70 then. And then recently they announced a 12 million uh, barrel purchase, which is still on the small side, but it is good that they are announcing that they're starting to refill now that crude is back down around $70. Um, I haven't heard if those purchases have actually gone through yet, but uh, something is better than nothing, at least on refilling the SPR. And because it does tell the producers, hey, we're, we have your back a bit and we are going to try to put a floor under the price. So for this podcast, I did a couple of screens. I did search by industry instead of sector, because if you search only by the oil and energy sector on Zax.com, you're going to get everything in the industry, including the service side and the big oils and the service stations and the pipeline guys and all of that. So I didn't want all of that. So I had a search by industry. So I did three separate screens because on Zax.com, on the industry, we have oil and gas, the explorer and producers, U.S. That's one of the industries. We have the same thing under oil and gas, energy or exploration and producers, international. And then we have oil and gas, exploration and producers, Canadian. So there's three different ones. And I did want to look at all three of them. So I looked for companies with PEs under 10 to find cheapness. Now, remember on cyclical stocks and commodities type of stocks, and certainly in the oil stocks, the PEs will tend to be um, lower when the price of WTI is surging and when it's kind of bullish out there, right? Because the earnings will rise, but the stocks prices aren't really catching up yet with it. So you'll get low PEs, which we did see last year 
when the Ukraine invasion really pushed up prices on the commodities. We did get low PE stocks. And then the PEs will tend to rise towards the bottom because um, everybody's diving in, they're buying all the stocks, and then the earnings uh, start to decline at towards the bottom. But right now, we actually are getting quite a few stocks that are still on the low PEs. So apparently, we haven't we haven't actually bottomed yet. Um, and maybe we haven't peaked yet either because we aren't seeing all these stocks with high PEs right now, which you would normally see kind of at the top. Um, so you do want to buy energy when it has the lower PEs because that usually means it is out of favor. Nobody's diving in to buy the stocks and the earnings have come down a bit, but you're hoping if you're buying then that the earnings are about to turn around and go the other way. So these are PEs under 10. I also looked for a dividend so that I would get some of the companies that are seeing cash generation. Most of them are with oil at this level, but I did want a dividend and I wanted it over 1%. So I was getting something there. And um, it also shows, you know, maybe we're getting a little bit better quality if we're getting, you know, a dividend with some of these companies as well. Uh, okay. So when I ran these screens for the US, which is the biggest grouping of stocks that we have on Zax.com in the exploration and production grouping. So I got 21 companies that had PEs under 10 and a dividend of at least 1%. Um, on the other ones, on international, I only got three companies. And on international, I only got, well, on Canada, I got three companies. And international, I got three companies. So both of those were much smaller, but there are smaller groupings of the EMPs uh, in those groups. So that didn't really surprise me a little bit, maybe with Canada, because we do have quite a few Canadian companies in uh, the grouping. And um, I didn't think we'd get much at all for international on the EMPs. Most of the international on energy that's on Zax.com is in the big integrated companies like a Total Energy in France, which has refining and exploration and the service stations. It's got the complete thing. But I didn't think we'd see any pure plays, just independent exploration and production companies and international. So I was quite surprised to see three and that they paid the dividend above 1% and are cheap. So how did I pull out the stocks for these? I really kind of, at least on the US side, I looked for the ones that had like a super cheap PE, uh, just to kind of see what was on the extremes. And then I looked to see who's paying like the highest dividend yield. Again, just to kind of see who is making the extremes on this list. Um, and I picked out two for the US side. And these are ones we haven't really talked about, actually all of these. So there's no Devon, there's no EOG resources, there's no Diamondback, even though some of them were on this list. Um, okay, so the first one is Chenery Energy or Chenery. Um, I never know how to pronounce it. And it's ticker L as in Larry NG. And this is the natural gas play. So it's not even um, oil. 
But natural gas has taken a beating now, too. So a lot of these stocks are cheap and they have come way down. It's one of the biggest natural gas in the United States. It has a 36 billion market cap. The PE is just 4.8 right now. And it is paying a dividend yielding 1.1%. But I'm not sure if that's variable and if it changes every quarter. Um, because with natural gas really plunging here, some of them, uh, you know, pure play natural gas is going to have a harder time paying the dividend. A lot of them only added the dividend last year. So no sure thing on the dividends with any of the natural gas players. But this is a Zach's number three hold right now. And um, I thought it was interesting to see, you know, natural gas on here as cheap as it is. But, you know, it's always the darkest before the dawn on some of these with the commodity plays. So if you think natural gas prices are going to rebound, then this is the time to, you know, to buy natural gas type stocks if if you think you're going to get a rebound soon. So that's Shenry Energy LNG. And then the second company uh, was one I had never heard of before, Granite Ridge Resources. Ticker G is in George, R is in Roger, N is in Nancy, T is in Tom. GRNT. It has a market cap of 937 million. Um, it is in uh, Dallas, headquartered in Dallas. But this is a little unusual, which is maybe why I've not heard of them before. So they are a non-operated EMP, which means they are just investing in it. They invest in a portfolio of production across the Permian and four other U.S. basins, and then they partner with proven operators. So they're basically the money guys. They come in with the money. They invest um, in the areas with the proven partners who then get it out of the ground. Um, I don't hate that kind of model because that's what's going to get you big returns as a shareholder. Um, they do... They obviously are paying that dividend. It's yielding 6.5% right now. Uh, the PE is 7.7 .7 on this one. It is a Zach's number five strong sell because it only has one uh, estimate on it and it was lowered in the last 60 days. So when you have only the one analyst and they are lowering, then that's how you get the number five. So um, they did have 135.9 million in liquidity as of the end of the first quarter, 2023. So they do have some cash hanging around. But uh, again, uh, this is a little bit different model. So keep that in mind if you're taking a look at this one. It's Granite Ridge Resources, G-R-N-T. Okay, let's switch over to Canada now. So I have two stocks for Canada because uh, why not? Let's do two from there. Um, so Canada is, uh, I kind of looked at the same thing. There were only three. So I went for the one that's paying the highest dividend. And I think the other one was just the lowest dividend. Um, and so let's start with that one. It's Enter Plus, Enter Plus. E as in Edward, R as in Robert, F as in Frank is the ticker. E-R-F. And they are in Calgary. They were founded in 1986. And their uh, website says they were the first oil and gas royalty trust. They invest in the core Bakken, that's in North Dakota, and Three Forks on the light oil shale play in North Dakota. So they are in Canada, but apparently they're uh, exploring right now in North Dakota. 
So you'll see that quite a bit. A lot of the Canadian companies and some in the U.S. call themselves North American producers because they're in both Canada and in the U.S. So I'm I'm okay with that. I'm done with it. I'm still putting them in Canada because they are headquartered there. So they have a plan to return 60% of their full year 2023 free cash flow to shareholders. They did reduce their debt by 32% as of the year end of 2022. So that's what they did with their money last year. Uh, PE of 7.1 and a dividend is yielding 1.5%. Now I don't, I didn't look, well, on some of them I looked, but unless I found it quickly, um, I did not see whether or not they're doing specials. And that's how, you know, they're getting 60% of the free cash flow going to shareholders and they may be doing share buybacks probably too. So keep that in mind. There's more than just the dividend here with a lot of them, but more than meets the eye with some of these. It is as X number five as well. That's the strong sell because two estimates have been lowered over the last 60 days. As um, you know, some of these commodity prices come down, the analysts have been adjusting estimates as a 3.1 billion market cap, and it does trade on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, that's something to keep in mind with some of these. Where do they trade? But this one's easy. It's just New York Stock Exchange. The other Canadian company is called Crescent Point Energy, ticker C is in cat, T is in Paul, G is in George. And they are also in Calgary. They uh, explore and produce in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and they too are in the Bakken in North Dakota. And they have pledged 50% of their discretionary excess cash flow back to shareholders. And um, I did see on their website, it was easy and quickly to find that they have a base and then they have a special uh, dividend as well if they need to, to get to the 50%. And then they also are doing share repurchases. So their dividend yield is 4.5% right now. And I'm not sure if that includes the specials or if that's only the base unclear each of these companies kind of reports in its own way and the data gets over to both zax.com or yahoo finance in like weird ways so some of the dividends do include the variables some do not you have to really go in and find out so don't always trust what the dividend yield is on some of these but uh we do know they're paying a base for sure so um, we at least have that. So PE, though, is super cheap at 5.4. They have a 3.7 billion market cap, and there's X number three hold right now. So a uh, little bit better on the rank there. So that's Crescent Point Energy CPG. And then on international, I did pick out two instead of just one to get us to five. So I'm co covering six stacks because that only had three companies too. So I figured we might as well go two in each group. And um, I kind of picked them out the same way. The first one is Vermilion Energy, ticker V as in Victor, E as in Edward, T as in Tom, VET. VET. And this one is in the international category, even though they are uh, based headquartered in Calgary, like, like the other two from Canada. And they're international because they're in North America, but they also 
explore and produce in Europe and Australia. So that gets them a different category. They do natural gas and light oil in North America. They do natural gas and just conventional oil in Europe and Australia. So you're getting a bigger, uh, more diversity here in uh, Vermilion. And they only report twice a year, as many international companies tend to do. They don't do quarterly reports. It's only twice a year. So in 2022, because of Ukraine, they had record-free cash flow of $1.1 billion. So what did they do with all that? They reduced debt by $300 million. They funded over $500 million of strategic acquisitions. And then they returned $100 million back to investors and they exited the year with net debt of 1.3 billion. But again, they did reduce the debt by 300 million. So um, that uh, 100 million goes to, to the dividend. It's yielding 2.4%. And the PE on this one is really cheap at 3.9 times. They're, they are a number three Zach's rank here. Two estimates. Um, only on this one, the international stocks tend to be even less uh, covered than Canada. So only two estimates, but one is higher in the last seven days. So that's a little bit bullish on this one. Um, I don't know if maybe something is happening in Europe or Australia and maybe just even on production side, but uh, that's a little bullish. It has a market cap of 2.1 billion and it does trade on the New York Stock Exchange. So that's kind of uh, makes it easy there. And then we're going to finish up with the final international stock on the EMPs and it's called Harbor Energy. And Harbor is spelled H-A-R-B-O-U-R. When I saw that spelling, I was like, is this British? Because I know the U tends to get in there with a lot of the spellings, uh, the American style and maybe even Can Canadian style might leave out that use. So I thought it might be British and it is. They are the um, largest London listed EMP. Like they're an independent EMP. They have exposure in the UK, Indonesia, Vietnam, Mexico, and Norway. But I also did find out that this is their first year as a publicly listed company. Um, so that makes it a little bit unknown, right? It's fairly new. So they did deliver in 2022 when they put out their full year update uh, in March of this year. They put it out. They saw materially higher production. So that really helped in 2022, but they are hedged or at least partially hedged. And uh, full year free cash flow was $2.1 billion. And 600 million of that went back to distributions, but that included 2022 and 2023. 41 million was from 2023, that first quarter of 2023, it looks like. Uh, they do have a new $200 million share buyback plan because they did finish the last one. And they have pledged a 200 million annual dividend policy for this coming year for 2023. However, during the Ukraine uh, war, which boosted up both natural gas and oil prices, um, there was a lot of complaints about the energy companies getting, you know, to profit off of what was going on in the war, basically. And there was a thing that was enacted in the UK called the UK Energy Profits Levy. And the uh, harbor said that that wiped out profit for the year. 
So they're reducing UK investment and staffing levels, but they're investing more money internationally. So just FYI, there is some politics at play, as I've talked in the past about other companies like Petrobras, where there was maybe going to be um, you know, a profits tax or something going on down there. And there was a lot of politics going on with um, you know, in Brazil with what was going on with the money the energy companies were making there as well. So it's it's not just in the UK. It's a lot of places, even in the US, where there was some talk but briefly dismissed of some kind of tax on the profits there too. So keep that in mind. But they are still paying out uh, to the shareholders and um, they have a big dividend right now of 7%. But they trade on over-the-counter here in the U.S. Otherwise, they're on London Stock Exchange over in the U.K. But they, the stock only trades at $3.23 over-the-counter. Nobody really knows of Harbor Energy here in the U.S. The ticker is H as in Harry, B as in Boy, R as in Robert, I, Y. Y as in yes. So it's a five letter ticker H-B-R-I-Y. And this one, um, only it trades in super low volume. So I don't really recommend going over there because I'm not sure you could sell it if you wanted to sell it. Only 20 shares have traded on this day when I'm recording this on June 21st. And it normally trades under uh, 2,000 average volume per day. So just nobody over the counter paying much attention to Harbor Energy um, here in the US. But if you're outside the US or you're in the UK, it does have a uh, bit bigger trading there. So you can look for it on the London Stock Exchange there. But it does pay this big dividend out because nobody's really paying much attention. It, again, the share price in the US is $3.23 and it's paying out a 23 cent uh, dividend for the year. It is a Zacks number three rank. So we do have the rank on it, which is the hold. And we do have two estimates on the company, but it is only going to report um, twice a year as well, just like Vermillion. So no quarterly reports, just twice a year, but we should be getting the half year report soon on a lot of these. But this is just also your reminder that just because you get a big dividend yield doesn't mean it's going to stick around and doesn't mean something else isn't going on and there might not be a reason you're getting that big dividend yield. So that's why I didn't look solely at dividend yield for this screen, but I kind of looked at some of the extreme side. I did look at some that are paying the biggest on the screen, but um you have to dig deeper when you're looking at that, especially with these energy companies. So the dividends this year will not be anywhere close to last year when earnings soared as the commodity prices soared. But with uh, at least on the oil side, with oil kind of hanging out on WTI above 70, it's not a bad place to be for a lot of these companies. They still are very conservative. And uh, costs are low for them relatively. And so they are still able to generate quite good free cash flows if it stays around this level. And even better if it goes up to about 80 at WTI. So that would be kind of the sweet spot for a lot of these. Um, so keep that in mind as well. 
But if oil were to break down in a recession back below 65 again, even just briefly, I expect these stocks to sell off further and for them to get cheaper, even if earnings decline a bit. And you'll see a hit to the dividends, at least on the variable side, as if it were to go uh, much lower. But uh, still think that energy prices are going to remain elevated for some time, that we don't have enough drilling going on or production, and we haven't for at least a decade. So that usually means that we see higher prices for some time. So, but who knows with with commodities, uh, it can uh, be very volatile. So keep that in mind as well. So let's recap what these stocks were. They're kind of all over the map in terms of size of these companies. Um, not as many small caps as you might think. There was the one, but even Harbor Energy is a 2.6 billion market cap. So they're at least a little bit bigger. They're not like you know 300 million dollars market cap or that kind of thing. So that's good. To to know, right? That's why I picked the dividend, put the dividend yield in there because, um, you know, it, and some small caps are paying dividends too, the, the ones that are 300 million, but at least it gives us, you know, at least something to go off of that they're able to generate enough free cash flow to pay that dividend. Okay, so some of the tickers are the Chenery or Chenier, I never know how to pronounce it. It's LNG, that's the natural gas play. It's really cheap right now because no one wants a natural gas. It's you know sunk down even lower than oil. So um, could be time to be a contrarian, I'm not sure. But Shenry uh, is one of the big names or Chenier. LNG is the ticker. Then we had Granite Ridge Resources. This is the one that actually doesn't do the drilling, but just partners with the drilling. But it does have that 6.5% dividend yield. And it is ticker GRNT. Then we had Canada with Enter Plus. Um, and that one is paying only the 1.5% yield, but it's ticker ERF. Then we had Crescent Point Energy, the other Canadian company with the dividend yield of 4.5%, ticker CPG. And then on the international side, we had Vermilion Energy, ticker VET. And then we had the one out of the UK, Harbor Energy, ticker HBR. IY. It's the five letters trading on the over-the-counter market. So as always, I'm trying to find you the cheap stocks. And right now, energy is once again out of favor. So are the banks. So I might be taking a look at those soon, but I'm kind of waiting for them to report again so we can get another look into what is going on behind the scenes. It seems to have stabilized on the banks, but there could still be some deals there. Um, if, you know, everybody's still pretty negative on most of the regional banks and even the community banks right now. So um, I might take a look at those. So you want to be sure to subscribe. Be sure to get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on, uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, anywhere there are podcasts you can get us. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. 
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.